when you can impact big deals that close when they otherwise wouldn't, you can charge a lot more for it. So it makes it really fun and gives me a, a lifestyle that I, that I love. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys are having an amazing day today. You guys are new to the show. Welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. You guys make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple so you stay on top of the episodes. It's all free on Apple. Some people think it's like a fee or something. It's not. The reason for that is so that you get the episodes downloaded right away, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I don't want you to miss that if you're a fan of the show. And you guys, we're just going to keep bringing the heat and we're gonna keep amping things up because I know um, you guys love to get inspired and the feedback that I get is just amazing. So today's guest name is Walter Roth. Um, He's a CEO of Inward and Moment Sales Facilitator and he's a mentor to founders. And this guy has a really unique strategy to selling. I had had been introduced to him through mutual friend, Julian Guderlai, who I was going to do a course with, but we just ended up deciding to put that course on pause just because we're busy. We got a lot of stuff going on in our lives, but we were connected to, to Walter. And we, I learned a lot from him in a call and I learned that he has a very unique sales strategy and it, it's really awesome because a lot of selling that happens, a lot of people teaching selling, it's, that's what you're doing. It's like people are trying to convince people. And Walter's method is a little bit different and I'm not going to get into it fully, but this is for you guys to kind of see for yourself, but it's way more aligned with like the personal development, energetically, really learning how to end suffering in the right way. That's essentially what we're doing. And I keep, you know, there's, there's three main points that you're going to learn in this and I don't want to give them away now, but I just want you to know that this is a really interesting, unique way. And Walter's worked you know, with a lot of different people and charges a lot for his services. You know, we've been in Silicon Valley and he's a really interesting guy. So we had a great conversation and I highly recommend you guys checking him out. So I was uh, very grateful for um, our conversation last time and I wanted to bring him on the show for you guys to bring the value. So you guys, I know you'll get a lot out of this. If you do, leave us a review. It's always much appreciated. Enjoy the show. Walter Roth coming right up. And we're on. Walter, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Thanks, Lance. I'm fantastic. <laughs> we worked out the the, uh, the Google Hangout situation with the Zoom. So we're, we're here. We're doing it. Good to see you again, man. Yeah. It's nice to be in your uh, in your presence. Yeah. So last time uh, we, we met and I was really intrigued by what you do. And obviously, we were introduced by Julian and, you know, you went through some awesome stuff with us and I knew I wanted to have you on the show. So, um, you know, crazy times we're in right now, obviously. And yeah, dude, looking forward to it. So before we, you know, before we get into like what you're up to now, I would love if you could give the audience a little bit of like backstory about yourself, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe walk us through what it was like for you growing up. And how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so growing up, um, you know, I always felt smart, <laughs> but I couldn't read, and so I did uh, third grade twice. I always joke that third grade was the best two years of my life. 
<laughs> and, um, you know, from that, there was a lot of like, you know, my nervous system um, crashing when I would take tests or have to remember something. And so, you know, feeling smart, but kind of having this unpredictable kind of stress response um, really made it hard <laughs> growing up. And, um, you know, my sense of feeling connected with others was kind of, um, wasn't there. So I was always trying to be uh, connecting with people. And I had lots of friends and I had lots of um, relationships, um, but I just didn't quite feel it. It wasn't feeling something inside of me. If you fast forward uh, to college, I, I was getting my in, uh, engineering degree. And um, I a actually- big fast forward, bro. That's a big fast forward. <laughs> you know, life is a bunch of circles, right? Until we learn the lesson and we, we get into the next, the next <laughs> phase. So we'll, we'll probably circle back to that maybe. But um, yeah, fast forward to being a, a, an engineering student. And I dropped, up, dropped out a semester short to raise um, $9.8 million across three rounds of funding. Um, both before and after the dot-com bubble burst. Um, it was basically a company um, that was meant to connect students and people with each other. Um, and I learned a, a lot, but it was kind of early. Uh, there wasn't digital photos, and digital photos was kind of like the killer app that really made you know, sites like Facebook really be successful really fast. Um, and so uh, the company eventually failed, and I went back to college finished my degree, spent a year traveling around the world, um, sent in my final, final paper from an island off of Thailand on Christmas Eve. I graduated my way. <laughs> um, and then just basically um, went to Silicon Valley and became an entrepreneur residence at a venture fund, one of my Series B investors, um, and then decided that I needed to get um, some sales skills. And so I went to Oracle for about a year learned everything I could about selling. And then ever since then had been in my own startups. I, the first thing that really intrigued me about that was when you were young, when you went to write tests, you kind of watched switched off and like, that's what happened to me too. It always happened to me. And it was, it really affected Every time I went to a test or any time I had to do something like that, I could, it's like the brain just shut off. What, why, why did you discover why that was and how did you fix that? First of all, because that's huge and that happens to a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. And I think this might be a theme from your show, right? Like the things that we suffered the most about. Yeah. Somehow, as we gave up, we developed somewhat of a superpower to get through it. And that's what's propelled us um, to get to where we're at. Um, and then oftentimes, either is what sets us up for a big fall again, or that leads us to a place to where we can actually go and go back and clean out what's below that. You know, because a, super, a superpower that was developed when there was a lot of fear, um, a lot of sadness, you know, and other things. Um, can be super, super, if it's left unchecked, and we'll get back to that. But basically, what I was able to do was I just had to figure out how I could enter any situation blank-minded, figure way, figure my way out. And so like on math tests, I would literally have to like recreate the proofs in my head to figure out where everyone else was just, you know, memorizing the equations. Um, and so I just had to start to, to trust that even if I went into something blank, I would find my way out. 
and, and it really forced me to be creative. It really forced me to, to think fast. Um, and those are the kinds of things that as I went on as a founder and as a, as a, as a sales coach, those are the, some of the biggest skills that I use. Why do we freeze up like that though? Like what is the reason behind that? Like is it because we're so scared to fail or is it like wh- why does that happen? That happened to me my whole life. That's why I'm kind of talking about this is because it still happens. When I have to write something or do something that's like this is the thing that I have to do. It matters. Oh shit, I don't remember what I was supposed to do, but last night I could do it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I used to teach kids how to do the math and then and then they would get better than me. Yeah, that like, why does that happen, man? Like that's it's it's craziness, but it happens all the time. So you're ready, Lance? Ready yes. Lance? Yes. Because you're you're meant for big things. You're meant to help a lot of people, and the range of people that you're going to help is amplified by the range of situations you've been in your life that you've you've frozen, and that it wasn't the ideal situation for you, and it hurt, and there was suffering. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like you're a ninja school. Yeah, it's because almost like you weren't supposed to do. I don't think it was about not supposed to be being doing good, but you got a very, very uh, lucky education. (laughs) You're forged in some pretty intense suffering. And maybe I'm projecting, but like for me, it was pretty freaking intense. And, you know, as you said, it still happens. You know, it still happens to me. It happens less. But for me, it still tells me where there's more I can learn. It still expands my range of the types of people and contexts in which I can help them without having to think like, Oh, here's, I know how to do it. And this cookie cutter. It's like, like when I do my sales coaching, I literally go blank and then I meet what arises. And then I can feel someone who might traditionally super smart, great memory, probably did really well, did, you know, college sports, you know, all this stuff. And they're now experiencing something that they haven't experienced before. And they're freaking out and I can be there with them. Um, And those are the moments, right? Where you're not only just helping them be a better salesperson or better executive, better leader, but you're actually, you know, being there with them (laughs) as they go through the kind of thing that you've gone through many times and that you still go through. Um, And they can trust that they can trust you in that moment because you've been there. Well, that's kind of the thing too, like what you were talking about in sales, right? Like, or any, any sort of connection. It's like when you can find that common ground with somebody, it like it's easier to break down a barrier because it's like, you're just like me. I'm just like you. And that trust is, is, is easier to earn when you are alike, when you have a sim- you've gone through a similar situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And suffering like sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to sell to this person because we went to the same you know, college. Or I'm going to sell to this person because they like fly fishing. I love fly fishing. Mm-hmm. But when you start to go into the realms of true suffering, where you question your identity, you question your survival, you question, are you lovable? <laughs> right? I don't know if you do that, but those are the spirals that I can get into in terms of my suffering in those moments. Um, you start to almost be much more empathetic and aware of other people's suffering. Mm. And you start to really commit yourself to not adding to or ending or not adding to or wanting to end 
other people's suffering. You don't want them to suffer as well. And that's what builds the trust and safety and bonding at this next level. You know, a lot of people talk about, I want to be a good closer. I want to, I want to uh, learn how to influence. But that's at the level of like, hey, you know, we both drank beer together and we, you know, we fly fished. But at the level of like really being able to be with someone and their suffering, um, not trying to caretake, not trying to like solve it all, but just like being there, seeing them, being a reflection back to them. That's when people want to buy from you and they trust you. You know, where if they apologize, if they're like, you know what, we really don't need what you have, but I really want to buy from you. So if something changes, I'm going to come back to you. And, you know, like, um, so it's, it's this is the next level of, um, it's the next level of bonding and rapport that you, you can't learn in a sales book. And that, you know, going through a lot of suffering um, is something that, 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 you know, starts to give you that. That, that kind of superpower. Yeah. And I feel that that comes a lot to life as well with like the conversations and interviews I have too. It's so much easier for me to relate to people because I've been through a lot of different shit and suffered in lots of different areas that like, it's easy for me to, to relate. It's a lot easier than if I didn't go through anything. And it's like, it's really hard to put yourself in their shoes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, although we don't want to go through pain and suffering, it's like, it's, it's essential at, like you said, be able to relate and put some, and, and to connect with people, which is crazy because like we connect on that level of like the level of suffering or what we've gone through and overcome, you know, and that's like, that's, you create that bond with people, which is, which is crazy, but it's, it's, it's so common. I don't know. I, I, it's like the people that I knew growing up that didn't go through a lot or didn't, you know, at the time it seemed like they had easier lives and it was very smooth for them. And, and I was jealous of them because of that, like about like, you know, let's say parents didn't split up and like, you know, they're just, they have this perfect image, but I could never, there was never like, I could never find anything in common with them because it was like, they didn't understand what it was like. And it's like the people that have, gone in those deep spots or had these emotional upbringings and trauma and all this stuff it's like they really have this like this like um i don't know it's like this they you can connect you know have this wide range of understanding you know and it's it's i find it hard to connect with people that haven't gone through much because yeah. it's like whoa like it's like you don't really know so so i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you on something yes i want i'm excited I, this is what i want some challenges <laughs> do you know anyone that hasn't gone through yeah maybe that that's kind of a facade right maybe it's the amount that they open up i yes. guess just from like i was using an example of like a kid growing up if your parents weren't divorced like you had a lot of money and i did it like that kind of thing it was kind of yeah. like yeah but yeah there's everybody's gone yeah and, and there's also like surface level suffering which yeah. which has roots into the deep stuff but like, even without the typical surface level suffering, everyone, because you're being, you're human, yeah. has a certain level of, of suffering that they're mm -hmm. dealing with. Like you don't need a lot of adverse adversity on the surface to still feel, you know, disconnected and lonely. And, and, and I'll just, I'll just throw this out. Um, 
a theory that, that I kind of play around with is sometimes when I look at people whose lives are perfect, no adversity, um, and they seem to you know, go to the great school, they, they go to investment banking, they, 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 they do all these amazing things, I usually, and one of the things that I do is I can kind of, you know, everyone has their own special kind of thing. <laughs> one is I can see people suffering pretty, pretty clearly as well as um, other things about them. But um, a lot of times the amount of success and surface level like perfection is actually evidence that there's a huge amount of suffering underneath. And it's that these are the things that they need to feel good about themselves. I'm not saying it's true for everyone. But, you know, so like when I meet people, I'm like, wow, super smooth, you know, you know, you know, great significant other, lots of money, good job. And, and I always wish them well, you know, like, like, oh, man, that's amazing. And it's also just like, wait for it. You know, like, don't, don't project so much on them. Because at some point, all of a sudden, the veneer comes off. And sometimes it's a surprise to them because they were so busy in their pursuit of the next thing that's going to make them feel a certain way it didn't but then they 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 up the ante up the ante up the ante other times they're just hanging on for their life to that facade either way i am with you that you know there's some people who i'm just like wow this this feels feels like small talk wow this this really you know i don't feel this like obvious connection point you know like two two people wearing the same sports (laughs) jersey (laughs) would but i just kind of relax Mm-hmm. enjoy the person and at some point it comes out like it's it's it always and for some like you said some people you know they open and then they shut and then it's like what what happened we ha- you know there was a connection there but but just kind of knowing everyone has it and some people at some point will open and then you're just like wow mm. like it's incredible it's a pretty great feeling when you get there you know, like I've had that happen on the show before where, you know, somebody, a high profile, you can just tell that there's a different energy in the beginning and then boom, it's like they're, it's like you're at a different level and it's like, that's when things just open up and it's a fun thing because you can feel that, you know, like you can, like I, but then it's also maybe a, maybe a projection of me as well, thinking that they're thinking that but like i there's just that way of like you can tell when it's sort of all right you know this here we are you know yeah so so here's so first of all this is one of your gifts you know to open up that person who you know before you know before and and I'll, i'll reveal me too i'm like oh crap i have you know a podcast you know okay how do i look good what are the areas you know what's the positioning you know like all that stuff. So you have someone like that. And if they're like super successful, they might not have to go through that mentally, but like, you know, at some level they are mm-hmm. right. And, you know, for them to actually open up and, and, and reveal and be vulnerable and you feel that like that's a superpower of yours. Um, yeah, yeah, it's well, oh yeah. Sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. No, 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 please. I'll remember. No, I, um, well, thank you. First of all. And I just feel like, the minute I can just remember that we're humans, we're all humans on this journey together. That's when I'm like, you know, and the belief in myself. And I feel like some days it's more than others, but like, that's the thing. It's like, it's so easy to say this person has done so much more and I'm not there. So I don't, I'm not worthy. And it comes down to that. And I don't allow myself to do that at all anymore. 
Mm. Like even if I have to trick myself. Well, you know, it's, this, it's funny. So everything I'm going to say is probably projection or at yeah. the very least it's true for me too. <laughs> so let's look at this. So like, you know, you, you've, you've, you've shared on the show and with me, you know, a lot of suffering. It's helped you create the superpower to be able to do the show and impact a lot of different lives. Right. And like when I met you, I was like, wow, he just has his presence. And I, and I, I trusted. And, and then you told me your backstory. I'm like, Oh yeah, I felt it. Um, the question I have is, and this is, and you know, I don't know if we'll talk about this much, but you know, I do sales coaching. Um, and what I say to people is, yeah, it's fine to enter in through greed and fear. You know, like, oh, how do we, you know, this deal's stuck. And like, oh yeah, I want a lot of commission or I want my startup to be, you know, this. And it's like, okay, there's, there's greed and fear behind this kind of worry. But as they go into a sales process, that is based upon, you know, one intention, knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it. Two, compassion to actually end specific suffering. Three, truth to get to the core truth, which starts with your truth. You know, why aren't you asking questions that you know you should ask because you're afraid it might blow up a deal? Their truth, like, are they actually telling me the truth? Do they even know their truth? You start to and then the truth of their company, you know, like, <laughs> do they need what I have? Are they aligned with the suffering? You know, to do the third part requires you to be unattached to outcome, right? Because if, you're, if your truth is, I'm not going to ask this because I think the deal is going to die, for you to really be devoted to truth, you have to get over that fear, right? And so all of a sudden, as you get unattached to outcome, you start to burn off that fear and greed. And when you do that, you start to relate with someone purely in service <laughs> of ending their suffering while being devoted to the truth where if they're not aligned with your suffering, you'll tell them, hey, I want to save your time. I want to save my time because I can maximize my income by just spending time with people who are fully aligned. And it's a lot more fun because I get to express, express, express intention compassion and truth right now if i told people like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna teach you sales <laughs> and it's gonna be based on truth and compassion and stuff i'd lose a lot of people or they would think oh this is watered down and so the the, the greed and the fear that got them into a position to having a great sales job <laughs> or to being a ceo it's what got them there and gave them the escape velocity to start to go into compassion and self-realization of the truth. So back to you, <laughs> you know, your suffering resulted in great superpowers on this show. The question is, is there still greed and fear? Yeah. Tangled in that superpower. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. You know, and then it's like the compassion for yourself and the truth that helps you get to that next level, right? Yeah. That's rooted in, in love and your truth. Yeah. When you went over that, the sales process, that was like, it, it, was, it was awesome. It was the way you, like just when you were explaining that, like that, that, you know, that's what you told us before. And I'm glad you went into that because I think a lot of people get so wrapped up on the outcome, like messes up the entire, the meaning of what you're doing. 
right? Like it, it can really mess with you because you think if I don't get this, I w- I'll be broke or I won't be able to, like you get this people, like this future projection of fear comes in and it's, it ends up taking over what the most important thing is, is just ending the suffering of the human that you're talking to, right? And we're so scared that I know that, yeah, it's like that, that why does that happen? Why are we, why are we so scared? Of like the the outcome what is why is why is that if we're using the superpowers we developed as a kid right mm. like like you know in, in this moment yeah we have some of the greed and fear of the child and the child we were dependent right. our survival was based on other people feeding us clothing us you know and then you have like the you know i don't know if that's like till two or two to seven you know two to seven you're it's like I need to be seen. I need to be reflected. I need to be treated a certain way, you know? And, and, and so whatever happened to us as kids and we developed these superpowers, that fear and such is still there. You know, we're more sophisticated about it now, but that energy is still there. And it's not just in our minds. Sometimes it's not even in our mind. It's like in our body, in our hearts. Yeah, or that even as like an entrepreneur in business, there's always that fear of what if I lose everything? What if this doesn't work out? You know, like it's hard for me to believe that every single person, or maybe maybe I'm being naive, that doesn't feel that at some point. Like what if this doesn't work out? <clears throat> you know? So, yeah, and, and so they say like in, like in, um, like they say like in therapy, right? I'm a big proponent of therapy, especially if you want to build great lasting things and positively impact the universe. Um, Because what you have inside you gets expressed outward in what you build. And if this kind of greed and fear is still there, you're basically contributing to all the greed and fear and, you know, that's still out Uh, there. Yeah. You know, Um, when you deal with it, what you build starts to become an expression of it. You know, there's certain kinds of businesses you wouldn't build. There's certain kinds of, you know, marketing sales te- techniques you wouldn't do. You know, there's certain kinds of people and cultures that you, you create and contribute towards that, that are enabled by it and some that you wouldn't do once you kind of clean, clean shop, you know. Um, yeah, I've lost, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> We're getting kind of heady. I don't know if this is, um, you know, that's the beautiful thing about this show is like when we talk about adversity, it shows up in all, in so many areas of life. Like it really, and that's why even like losing a train of thought, doing things that happen. I mean, it's all part of it. And that's, that's what I love about these conversations with people like yourself. It's like, it's around us and it's just, it's part of it and getting through it. And we face it all the time. It's not just in, this is the thing. It's like when I first started the show, I thought it was like, Oh, this guy, somebody need to get hit by a bus and then recover. Those are the stories I need to have all the time. And it's like, no, no, there's more to it than that. It shows up in these things and these, in everyone's life in different ways. Yeah, exactly. So, so here, here's a question that came up because I've started to uh, listen more to your, 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 your episode since we've, since we've met. Um, how many of the people you've interviewed have been on this like roller coaster 
you know, like they had adversary, adversary, adverse, adverse, I can't say the word. Adversity. Adversity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, they dealt with it and they're totally on the up and up, you know, and then boom, you know, they extended themselves, they exhausted themselves and then they went down, you know, and then, then they're back up and it's like, you take these snapshots and it's like, it's like, it's like, wow, they're in the shit, you know, the shit or the, you know, whatever. And they're great. But if you start to zoom out, it becomes a pattern. Yeah. And it's like, so what's going on there? You know, and like, does that serve them and their loved ones and their family, their systems, you know, or is there something underneath that play? Yeah. And you know what I've realized is that it doesn't matter who you are, how successful you are, how much money you make. It doesn't fucking matter because we all are going through these things in our life. We have, and whether or not you can hide it or you're at chapter 27 or you're chapter one, we are all going through this stuff. And the acceptance of where you're at and the acceptance of where they're at is the beautiful thing. It's like, we're, we're all on this thing together. We're all figuring it out. We're just at different levels. And what I've realized is like every single high performer, successful person, pro athlete, celebrity, whatever it is, man, they're all just human beings. They all had to go through a challenge, but they had a certain amount of resilience and belief and they got through it. And those are the tools that get through times like this, especially in the world or recessions. It's like so many people got their ass kicked in 2008 that I talked to. Like so many. And now it doesn't even phase them now. Even if they lose things now, it's like it's a, it's, and I think you're going to learn the lessons you're going to need to learn until you've learned it. Like you're going to, you're going to keep getting your ass kicked, but it's your perspective on how you take it. Is it a lesson or do you turn into a victim and it's like, why me? Right. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's like there, there, some people have addictions. Sometimes it's, you know, substances and such. Sometimes it's success. Sometimes it's suffering. Yeah. You know, and until the kind of bottom layers are <laughs> become intimate and you become, you explore them and you build the layers of ability to be with them, you know, things like meditation, working out, um, therapy, qigong, yoga. And it's like every time you get to a new layer and you burn off some of the greed and the fear and the sadness, you know, you're like, yes. And then you find the next one. So it's not like a, you know, it doesn't, it's never ending. Mm. Um, but then it doesn't even matter if you're succeeding or not because you're happy with where you're at. And if you're not, you might actually decide to get on a different ride, you know, because, you know, there's suffering in life, but then there's another idea of unnecessary suffering. And when you look at a lot of entrepreneurs and people that are the big marketers, you know, making a, a name for themselves and certain things, if you really look into their eyes, you're just like, oh my Lord, there is so much suffering there. You know, and then you fast forward 10, 20, 20 years and they, they write a book about it. But yeah, I guess it comes down to as well, like your definition of success too, right? Like, so many, like somebody's success versus somebody else's is so different. Yeah. And a lot of people learn that like even like a person like Tony Robbins, the guy's, you know, filthy rich, but success to him is fulfillment. 
And success without fulfillment, fulfillment is, I forget what he says, but like, it's so true because you can do all the things and make all the money, but like, does that light you up? Does that light your soul on fire? Does that feel good? Do you make an impact? Like, and I think that's part of the dance too, is everybody figuring out what their own definition of success is. Yeah. Yeah. And you can unit test. Like I think one of the unit tests is how good is your relationship with yourself and how good are the relationships with like, your circles, you know, sometimes it starts with the family. Sometimes it starts with the business partners. Sometimes it's with your spouse or, you know, your kids. And those are usually the places where if there's a bunch of dysfunction, especially if you go from one relationship to the next and, and it's always them, you know, or the same Uh, thing, always you like both cases. It's like, that's where you start to go. Oh crap. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I um I was curious. I, I wrote something down here that you you've mentioned a couple of times, and I'm just curious as to why they go together. Why is it always fear and greed together? Like why do they like do they have like is there something attached to fear to greed or can you be separate or are they the same? Because you say fear and greed. Yeah, and I usually like half-ass follow it with like sadness. Um, I say great and fear just because like my orientation at the moment is, you know, sales coach. And so those are the biggest kind of emotions that are present in terms of trying to figure out how to close their deals and such. And that's my like laboratory is the kind of sales arena. To me, it's just a welcome mat to deeper inner work. But when you can impact big deals that close when they otherwise wouldn't, you can charge a lot more for it. So it makes it really fun and gives me a, a lifestyle that I, that I love, you know? Um, but if, if, if I kind of think about it for a minute, you know, oftentimes people, let me just think well, the reason why I say two is because some people would be like, I'm not afraid, you know? And so I was like, well, okay, well look at the greed. It's people like, I'm not, it's not greed. It's like, well, okay, look at, look at the fear. Like I was just kind of giving it enough surface area mm-hmm. and then i kind of half-ass sadness because a lot of people don't see themselves as sad so like i personally it's funny my i had a a, a a co-founder who's a designer right true artist through and through like amazing and um you know we do like work sessions you know for a week because we live separate you know set, separate places and he would just be amazed that every morning especially after like a tough late night and maybe some kind of like tough conversations um, I would get up and like with or without coffee, be ready to go and super positive. And he's just like, are you one of those, huh? Who are you? <laughs> like, don't you ever have a down day? And, and like my disposition is, is just happy and excited. And, um, and so it took me time to really pause and stop chasing success and stop, you know, you know, for me, it's not substances. It's like work, you know, addiction to work and, and such that, you know, to pause. And you get to the layers of like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to lose this deal. And then they're like, oh, yeah, there's some greed there. And then, then there's like fear. If I don't get this deal, I'm not going to be successful. I'm not successful. I'm not lovable. And then there's like sadness. Like, oh, I'm not lovable. lovable. And for some people who've been through therapy and stuff, they're like, oh, my God, that's so true. And, and other people are like, are you freaking talking? What are you talking about? 
Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like when you go driving and then you see like, you know, the landscape and then you see like the, where there's, you can see all the sediments, you know, like in Arizona or like Colorado, yeah. you can see like 10,000 years of different sediments. Mm. Like that's there. So greed and fear, I think is the most accessible for people to kind of um, buy into the idea like, Oh yeah. You know, even when yeah. I'm flung in high doing my deals, yeah, I can, I can taste, I can taste some of that. Those are such low vibrational things to emotions too, fear and greed. They're like such a low, like it's, it's, it's interesting because they do go together because any sort of greed means you're scared to not have enough, you know, like being greedy is definitely being scared because what are you so worried about? Why do you need to have it all? Why do you need to take from somebody else? Why are you afraid that you can't, someone's going to take your piece of the pie, right? Scarcity, like that's the, like, y- there's enough for everybody. And it can also be greed for good. It can be greed for like, I want to impact, I want to feed a million people. And, and just like, mm. like, there's like this thing in you that is, is, it's, you know, you might not think of greed that way, but you that's can, true, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to think about it. There, there is, there's definitely a way that you could. But would it even be called greed then? Like the, just the word, if we're going to like really name it something, if you really want to have, like I feel like just putting the word greed gives it a more of a low vibrational feel. I feel like it may be a different word. But I know exactly what you're saying. Like it's true because there's, there's things you can do, like really good things and you just want to do it so bad. But it's like, you know, I, I totally understand what you mean, though. And, and I think that the, the, uh, you, you're, you're probably right. It's probably a better word. But for me, the net-net is like you totally want to do something, you're doing it, yeah. and you lose track of like what it is that you're is, totally. why are you doing it. You know, the energy and the focus behind it isn't what's, what's supposed to be here in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the present moment. It's actually the past that's not done with you yet. Yeah. That, it's impacting. And so all your, you know, you're not listening to your body to go to sleep. You're not, you're not listening to really, you know, attune to someone and really figure out how to solve their problems. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you're making decisions that aren't aligned with your values. And, and, and so that's, that's what I, why I say greed and mm. I do it somewhat controversial because, you know, a lot of people want to fight me on it. I love it. I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. So, okay, let's walk, let's talk through, obviously, can't go into as much detail as you went with me and Julian about the process that you do, but like, so sales is a huge thing in business and you deal with a lot of different, you know, high achievers and people and helping people get through it. Where do you see people that sell, that have to sell doing, like, what are they doing wrong? And walk us through the difference in your process between, let's say, the conventional way versus the stuff that you're doing. Because I have learned since I got into entrepreneurship, into all this stuff, it is all about you have to fill your cup. It's, it's so important. The personal development side of selling is, is, is what I've learned to be the, the, in marketing and what you put out there. And some people may disagree, but, you know, where does that sit with yours and how is it different than the other way? Well, it's interesting at a super high level, the way that I sell tries to align someone with themselves. Um, 
and be really aware <laughs> and present and sell as an adult. <laughs> you know, seeing others as equals, being in the present moment, being truthful. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to say, I, I, I found, I, I was, I came to this approach with a lot of greed and fear. So like, it's also the hardest core, sharpest way to sell. It's not like um, softening it because you want to be, you know, sell with integrity. It's actually like, no, you want the sharpest um, knives. <laughs> it just so happens that um, they're the same kind of knives you, 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 you develop on a, on a deeply um, committed spiritual path. <laughs> but it doesn't have to start out with the spiritual flavor, but that's where you're heading if you go all the way down the rabbit hole. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a big, one of the big differences is just, you know, it really comes down to awareness and alignment at the core. And it's less about doing and moves and scripts, although there are those things, and more of like a way of being consistently in every moment, um, both as you're selling, but also as you then bring what you learn from the market to marketing of your company. And then what you bring from, you know, from marketing to um, product management, you know, and then you start to have a a machine that sees the market clearly and then can meet the needs of the market much more effectively and efficiently so that this awareness of what suffering the market's in, you know, with the alignment of what suffering you guys end and how you go out and find those people. Um, gets heightened and so um, so basically the sales process has like first principles okay and the first first principle is don't waste time the second first principle is end specific suffering and the third is be devoted to the absolute deepest truth and so it's like these are principles that if you just handed this to someone that you know had brains got some drive and by the way a lot of this, if not all of it, is from my mentor, Steve Brown. <laughs> if there's time, I'll talk about him. But if not, I just want to give credit where credit's due. Um, but um, if you gave some brains got some drive, as Steve likes to say, um, these first principles, they would figure out how to sell really well. Okay? Um, but what I've done is I've taken the first principles, and, and, and they really kind of highlight a way of being and I create templates using Google Docs that help apply these first principles in every single moment of the sales process and also every single moment of the company formation process. And so, for example, like don't waste time. It's like, which are the deals you're gonna spend your time on, right? And then to figure out that, it's like how aligned is each deal? Right, and the alignment comes from what is the suffering they're ending and how aligned are you to uniquely end that suffering? And then what happens is, when you give the first principles to people with brains, guts, and drive, and you give the templates to them, what you find is a lot of them will be real successful where they weren't before. But even those people will find at some points, they'll hit a wall. And they'll stop, they'll stop using the first principles. They might even stop using the templates. And that gets you to a point usually where you find where they are hijacked. The attachment to being successful as a salesperson or the attachment 
to the revenue or whatever else it is got too great and they started to default not to their training not to their raw intelligence in the moment but they start to default to their childhood programming you know um how how they relate to people and so for me as a sales coach you know you give them the first principles you give them the templates that that you know that far, you know, that pays for itself in terms of how much the training and coaching costs and stuff. But then the most rewarding part of what I do is as people hit those marks where they clearly get hijacked, you know, um, <clears throat> to kind of step, take a step back and be like, okay, so like, you know, how do you feel in this moment? You know, what's going on in your body? What, what are the thoughts? You know, what options do you see here? And can you take a step back and breathe? And as they get reignited, you know, reunited with the resources, they start to see how the first principles can apply to the situation that gets them out. And that's kind of like the beginning. It's at least the shallow end of, of starting to go down the spiritual rabbit hole. You know, the self, the really deep self um, you know, self-help or self-realization kind of path. Um, and so, you know, when, when people have different sales methods, a lot of times it's how do you persuade people? How do you influence people? But this is really about this like arc of, of how do you be a certain way and get to the truth? And then when you can't, how do you take a step back and deal with that? So would you say that this is more about selling to people that, are more aligned with you? Like, is that sort of, it's like less selling and more of like connecting, ending a suffering with people that are more aligned with your truth or like, you know, like rather than trying to convert people and get them to, you know, to your level, like it's actually being where you're at and connecting with these people. Like, is that what's happening here? Like, or can you still go after people that are completely different from you? Yeah. Are, you are, you talking, are you talking about my clients? Or are you talking about, yeah. about I mean, too? I mean like with the method, like how, like, is it, is it designed more of like basically sell to like your tribe, like who you are kind yeah. of? Yeah. So, so the beautiful thing <laughs> is this why I say, if, if you're coming to sales with greed and fear, that's okay. Like that's going to give you escape velocity. Right. And usually when you look at the, the first, you know, the three the first principles, like there's nothing like it's not super spiritual, right? When you look at the, the, the templates, there's nothing spiritual about the templates. <laughs> but when they start to hit that point, right, they're open because they want to close that deal, you know. And if they stop there and they just return to the templates, They'll be able to close more deals and stuff. So they'll, they'll get what they, they need. So I can sell to anyone and they can get, it's usually 10 X. I'm going to be adding a, a, a success case. That's like 400 X <laughs> after one session, right? Millions of dollars of revenue resulted. Um, but usually what happens is someone tastes themselves in a way that's, that's deeper. That's more significant to them than they ever have. And they're like, what was that? If you don't have an answer to why by now, your deal's at risk, for example. You know, and you have to ask the question, what happens if, if the timeline slides? And they know they have to ask these questions. 
but they didn't. And it's like, why didn't you? And when they exhaust the intellectual reasons, they realize that there were some emotional reasons, right? And so, um, so yeah, it becomes the, the, like the welcome mat. And usually when someone's deal that was not going to be won, like, like there was a deal that was like 80% stuck for a year and a half. Um, they tried everything. I come in there. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to work. I'm like, let's just talk about it. Bring it through the, the first principles, bring it through the, the template. The guy's like, oh, I think we need to go talk to the sponsor rather than the champion. And we need to have it in this context. I'm like, yeah, does that. The deal closes in a week and a half. $150,000 deal, the kind that leads to like a $1.5 million deal, you know, you know, the next year. And it's like, you taste that. And you're like, even if you're still at greed and fear, like, oh my gosh, I want to do this in all my deals. That sends you deeper into self-discovery. Self and then at some point you taste it enough to where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm now showing up in this way, compassionately, truthful, present in other areas of my life. You know, and, and um, then they're in, you know. And so, yeah, it is, it, you know, someone doesn't have to come to you and be like, I'm in your tribe, I'm in therapy, I, I, you know, I want self-realization. You know, they come to you and saying, I've got a product of value and I need to close more deals. And especially though, like, I'm a tech person. I don't know how to do sales. You know, those, you know, those are the people that really started off and then a certain percent of them will keep going. And that's what makes it worth it. To me. What's, what's the biggest struggle that you face in your journey right now in like teaching people this or like, you know, what you go through on a daily basis, like even though you're successful, you're good at what you do, what do you struggle with? So I always try to get 10x value. You know, if someone spends 20K a month with me, I want them to like, you know, definitively have two, you know, $200,000 worth of value. Part of that might be, you know, greed and fear on my side, you know? <laughs> Um, but the point I'm bringing up is that means I have to work really efficiently, effectively. And so every single organization and every single person in the organization, they have some kind of block initially. Like they want to like tell you your systems doesn't work or it works for other companies, but not theirs, you know, or what do you know about this industry? Right. And it's like, how do I most effectively get them over that hump to where they're just like, Oh my gosh. And so I was actually getting, um, you know, for some people it'd be quick and it'd be a great meeting. Other people, they'd dig in and they would be like, no, <laughs> you know, and it would, it would start to get a little bit contentious. And what I, you know, I, had, I work with a guy and, and he was like, hey, man, I got kind of contentious. What was going on? <laughs> and I was just like, well, the guy wasn't listening or, you know, and then I realized like, oh, I was hijacked. I was triggered. I wasn't using the first three principles. You know, like if it's too contentious, it's a waste of time. You know, I wasn't being compassionate, you know, to, to like really understand what issues they were having. And I wasn't being truthful with myself. I thought I was slicing and dicing and being a great coach. And no, I was hijacked. And so, so like once I did that, I remember, I, you know, I talked to a, um, 
a mentor, I talk to a spiritual coach, I talk to a therapist, you know, because because you to to teach to coach in this way, you gotta live it. And what I found was like I was attached to getting them to see the beauty of this and to be successful because I needed that to feel good. And so as I was able to like breathe, and it was like someone comes in. I'm teaching them and then they kind of like dig in their heels. They're like, you know, and it's so predictable. You can see it a million miles away. And it's like, I then don't take the bait. I would be like, breathe. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. So there's something that you might be attached to. That's not true. Are you willing to explore <laughs> that possibility? And if it's not true, what new options do you have? What new moves could you make, you know, as a result? And the percentage of people that respond to that well and get into the state of learning and actually make like a, a leap of, of, you know, they, they get transformed in some way has, has skyrocketed. And then for like the, you know, a team of 10, there's always like one person who's been super successful when the market's hot, you know, and they know all the right words and like, yeah, 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 I know everything that you're saying to me. Um, and they'll be like, you know, they, they know all the words and stuff, but they're not consistently applying it and they don't know what they're doing and why they're doing it. And so those people sometimes will totally dig in. And, and when that happens, I'll be like, okay, it sounds like you know what you're doing and you got a system that works. So maybe this process isn't for you right now in this area. How can I help you? And actually stay at that edge because some people don't want help. They're not ready for it. They say they know, but they don't, they, they, they don't listen and they think they know it all. There's so many people like that and they won't let you finish. Like, does that drive you crazy? Is like when you're trying to explain and then they, they just like don't allow you to talk and say that like they know it all. It used to make me insane. Now I get to meet myself in my edge and I get to more times than not breathe, become present, become curious and be like, all right, what do we have here? If there's an inch of like receptivity, we're going we're gonna to try to make it two inches. If there's negative two inches, I'm going to back up two inches and say, all right, so now what? I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. And literally, I might not be able to. So to answer your question, it's actually what really drives me now, and that's helping me to progress, to burn more and more layers of greed, fear, sadness, attachment that are still kind of still there. They're always there. There's always layers that are still you know, intertwined with the superpowers I developed as a kid. So no longer makes me mad except when I meet my match and I get pulled in and then that's my new curriculum. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I can imagine that, you know, you're in that Silicon Valley world of like, like, first of all, what's that like? What's your experience been like with that? And like, I can imagine that you must have so many know-it-alls that know everything already. Is this from my, my perspective would be like, wow, everybody knows everything. Everybody thinks they knows everything. You know, it, you'd be surprised. Um, I, 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 first of all, I'd say you're right. 
like sometimes you go to Silicon Valley and you go to different things and people are all positioning, you know, like we start out talking about like, things are amazing. I just raised cap venture capital. They're name dropping. They're so, they're, what is that? Social consensus. You know, that, I mean, and everyone's reading the same blogs. Everyone's reading the same things. And it's just like, you just want to be like, Ugh. and there's a lot of amazing people who had huge amounts of suffering as kids and they want to change the world so that they can feel at home at it. And they mean well. And instead of being like a menace to society, you know, like something bad happened to them as a kid and, you know, now they're just whatever. They're actually trying to, um, trying to bring more love in the world and, and to feel that love mm. and trying to make the world a better place. So the reason why I'm saying this is because when a founder who has brains, guts, and drives gets a taste of selling in a way that allows them to be present, it's like everything changes. You know, and it's the most fun switch, you know, it's like, it's super transformative, you know, and it usually takes all the skills that they have, but they're not applying to sales in the right way. They're like, I can't sell or, or I can sell. And also it flips it and they feel it. And then it starts to trickle to their team, right? Because they, because, because the startup is the DNA of the founders, right? It's like, an ex, it's an expression of what's inside of them. So Yeah. Every founder, you know, like there are a lot of know-it-alls and such, um, but I'd say a surprisingly big percent of them, once they taste it, because there's, there's a lot of bullshit in Silicon Valley, right? And so like, they don't believe you, they don't believe you, but the moment that like a deal moves that didn't, didn't move, the moment they knew how to deal with the situation they didn't know before, and it wasn't like memorizing a huge script, it was just like a way of being, a, a mindset, um, they're the first ones to like go. And in their heart, they do want to improve. They do want to learn, you know? Um, and so it's, it's kind of, I would have to say it's both. It's frustrating until it's not. And then the same reasons why it was frustrating, it becomes, you know, a rocket ship to the moon that you're just like super excited um, to be on the ride with them. Man, amazing. Where, if we, people want to learn more about you or check out your work, where can we find you, man? So my website is momentsales.com because we align every single moment with what truly drives sales mm. or repeated, repeatable sales. Um, and so they go to my website, momentsales.com, and they can actually download for free some templates that I'm talking about. And then, you know, if you're a startup that has, you know, funding and you have more time, more money than time, that's where you might consider, you know, hiring me as a coach to bring you and then your organization through the templates to really get a clear view of the market and a really a clear view of your organization and individuals to see where you need to further align. Um, and so that's where, where people can find me. Awesome, man. Well, dude, it was great to connect with you again. Time flies. Indeed. I can't believe it. Wow. <laughs> it's, um, it's really interesting because selling is such a interesting thing. And I think the whole definition of definition of sales is changing, you know, like I don't think it's as much as that, like you as car salesman sort of like trick trickster stuff anymore. It doesn't work. You know, it, the trickster stuff just doesn't work anymore. You know, it doesn't make people feel good. You know, it's, it's funny you say that it's, it's one, you know, we, we have like social media and such. So like reputation, if you do something that's kind of slimy, 
so you know whoever is on the receiving end they're gonna tell everyone yeah. so you just can't do it but two especially in technology and, and startups when the when the sale gets more complex more you know more people are involved more money the, the value proposition proposition is dynamic you know the cfo cares about something the, the vp of engineering cares about something else you know the marketing people care about something else you can't rely on um persuasion you can't rely on you know voodoo you know where you like you know like steve jobs it right where you get someone in the moment to agree with you you know um because they now have to internally sell you to other people or mm -hmm. the sales cycle is long enough that the voodoo runs out right. you know um and so it's, it's just kind of like you know you, you actually have to be more collaborative you actually have to create value um, and because there's so much commodity out there, you actually have to be different, not just in what you sell, but how you sell it. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest opportunity of differentiation these days is just how you actually go to market and partner with people and connect deeply, um, you know, fully aligned as, as, as two grown adults who become clear what their needs are and, and help each other get them, get them met. Um, and that's, like you said, it's a whole other thing where, if you're not doing that, you know, and someone else is, you're going to lose more than you win. To end, to end this, brother, I always like to ask the last question that we always ask everybody. Out of all the adversity and challenges you've gone through, what is the number one lesson that adversity has taught you? Huh. So, so I've, I've never had a, a, a chemical addiction. You know, my, like I said, mine is more working. <laughs> and, and getting love uh, in all the wrong places. Um, but I did do an interview for a mobile app, mindfulness mobile app that I created to um, a great leader who had done AA. And I asked him like how, how to help someone, you know, you know, if our users were, were addicts and, and he, he basically said, look, you can't like, there's one question you ask and it's, is the suffering big enough? You know, are you in enough suffering? that you're not gonna require someone to pull you out of it, that you're gonna pull yourself out of it and you're gonna keep yourself out of it. And of course, you know, other people can support that. But if, if, but if that suffering is not, if the suffering is not great enough, it's like the chemistry, like the, the, you know, the, the required transformation to not just get out of rock bottom, but to stay out, right? The, 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 um, the, the transformation that's required you have to have some kind of um, something that propels you. And so suffering, you know, and oftentimes when you're in adversary, adver, adver, can't say that word. Um, the suffering that comes with it is actually your friend and is actually your, your rocket fuel. And so to not be afraid of it, to actually feel it, to not numb oneself, to feel it, not distract some, oneself, to feel it. And it will tell you it's time. It will tell you what direction to go. And so I would just say, it's your friend. And when you're done suffering, <laughs> um, yeah, it's your best friend. Dude, I love that you just said that your suffering is your rocket fuel. <laughs> that's got to be the best. That's, that's <laughs> I got to put that as your quote, man, after, because we always pick out one quote. Your suffering is your rocket fuel. <laughs> I, I love it, man. That was awesome. And you're so right. And I really appreciate you coming on, man. I'm, I'm grateful we got to connect again. And uh, yeah, dude, again, thank you so much. 
Likewise, I'm glad your show exists and <laughs> impacting a lot of people right Thank at the right moment. Thank you, man. Walter Roth, everybody. Thanks, everybody. If you guys can, if you got value, leave us a review on Apple. I know I sound like a broken record, but I always ask because it just means a lot to me to see those and it helps grow the show. And hit that subscribe button, stay on top of the episodes because we've got lots coming and we ain't going to stop. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Love you guys. Catch you next time.